Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute. Each week we get together to talk about the all-too-timely 1971 Robert Wise-directed techno-thriller The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli, coming to you from a minimum security prison somewhere in Orange County, California. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, swank, swank Orange County. Yeah. Very, very swank, ritzy. Uh, <laughs> upscale, as they upscale. Like to say. Yes, yes. Just halfway between L.A. and San Diego. Oh dear, but it's a uh, and it's a beautiful day in that neighborhood. But not as beautiful a sunny day as it is in Piedmont, New Mexico, where uh, there's a screaming baby being uh, well about to be lowered or raised into a, a basket up to a helicopter. And that's the very gifted Robert Soto. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he had his yeah. He Mother always his... wondered why. You know, <laughs> he exhibited signs of shaken baby syndrome, but yes. who knows? <laughs> he screamed in terror every time there was a helicopter passing overhead. Exactly. Uh, that uh, that Robert Wise really knows how to how to construct a scene. Although, you know, I can't figure it out. We've got there's three people in this uh, on the helicopter that they came in. There's uh, there's Hall, there's Stone, and then there's the pilot Dempsey. Mm-hmm. So Dempsey was flying around in that helicopter, and then they had to go up. So how how did they get on the helicopter? Did he land the helicopter? Did he? And yeah, if he landed true, the helicopter, yeah. if he landed the helicopter, why isn't the baby in there? You know, it's like, right. eh, well, apparently we can only fly from a hundred feet up. But and, and like Dempsey can't. It's not like he could tie a rope to the church steeple and let the helicopter fly around while he worked the winch to get. Yeah, he could, he could land right there somewhere, couldn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Who knows? Put, you know. Eh, it doesn't look good. So anyway, so. Uh, so oh, see, you know why they probably didn't have it land? The dust. Yeah, that could be it. It would blown. obscure everything. Yeah, it's um. Well, it could turn them, turn the helicopter off. I mean, but the guys, you know, the guys in the air force, he should have known how to do medical evacuations. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. it's all a puzzle, and we're only we're only in this town for another minute. So, so we watch uh, this medical doctor put a baby in a basket, and no strap, unsecured, no t- unsecured, yeah. just. Yeah, no time for a strap. It's got a blanket. It'll it'll hold. Yeah, it's only yeah. it's only a hundred foot drop. What's that gonna do? My baby. And I'm glad I'm glad Doctor Stone apparently knows how to work a helicopter winch. That's uh, that's impressive. He looks like he's pulling it up by hand. Yeah. <laughs> another foot. Another foot. Here we go. Looking good. Looking good. And uh, you know the baby's getting there's a, there's rotor blades going right at him and it's you know probably blowing gravel right into his face. But ah, the kid'll the kid'll last through that. I mean he's been in a town where everybody's dead. It's uh it's tough um so uh then we get to the we get to the big part here the uh the in, enter a new character i love i love the uh well the, the two things i love about this minute are first the smash cut from the crying baby to that sudden sound of the helicopter mm-hmm. and then uh the second one where the baby goes up and he's all alone and then uh somebody starts screaming at him saying you <laughs> and uh yeah, just nice, nice, pleasant screaming from this uh, crazy guy in a. And that's like a, the worst, most inconvenient fall ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean just, that, what's the one thing you don't want to do? Fall on the ground in a bulky spacesuit when yeah. a nutcase with a knife is coming at you. <laughs> yeah, a meat cleaver. Oh a my meat God. cleaver. Yeah, and you land and, on your arm. I mean, but I, think about how how helpful the, the, this this guy is. He just stands there and waits for him to get up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to use my advantage and hack you to pieces. I'll wait for you to get up. <laughs> so who's this actor, Jim? 
Uh, gosh, uh, the, it's the the character is is Robert Jackson, and uh, the uh, the guy that's playing him is George Mitchell, who is uh, this guy's been in like if you look at his IMDb, he's got like eighty credits, and he's been every western. He's in a bunch of serials. He's in Roy Rogers movies. Uh, he's usually playing either a cowboy or a cop. Mm. And uh, this, unfortunately, this is Mr. Mitchell's uh, last uh, film credit, and he he passed away the year after this. So uh, mm-hmm. that's a tough tough thing, and uh, and not that old to either. He's like sixty or sixty two, I think. Oh, great! But uh, yeah, something to look forward to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just uh, and uh, we get one of my. I always love it when you get to see the film crew. <laughs> Where? When, uh, when James Olsen falls down right at about second uh, forty two in this one, uh, his. His uh, un- unfortunately reflective face mask is pointing right at the camera and uh, the director and uh, a couple of other uh, a couple of other guys. Oh, There's the yes. camera operator, and it looks like it's it looks like it's sitting on a low crane. I mean, he might but again, you a... would not notice that unless no. you were doing a movie by minute. Yeah, and and this is you know this this movie was made before. Uh, VCRs and still, you know, nobody nobody did a freeze frame unless you were watching a football game. There was no, there were no freeze frames back then. So you might you might say, hey, what was that? Um, but unless you were watching this on a movieola back in the day, you weren't going to notice it. And it's it's just always good seeing. Yeah, there's the crew, and they couldn't uh, they couldn't fix that part. I remember reading, uh, like like everybody, I was a, a avid reader of famous monsters and. Uh, <laughs> I remember Fari Ackerman wrote that he had seen like ten horror movies in a day, and no, you know, how could you do that? Oh my god! And he said, "I, I viewed them on a moviola." <laughs> <laughs> and nowadays they call that Netflix. Um, yeah, fast the forward. Only, yeah, the only yeah the only thing you have to do is, are you still watching this? Yes, you have to hit the button. <laughs> um. I do, and the other thing that's weird, uh, the continuity here is bad. I mean, we, we go from it's a perfectly blue sky day, mm. and then uh, ten seconds later, it's sunset and mm. it's kind of cloudy. And uh, I mean, I guess you could blame oh, it on the helicopter, true, yeah. but you know, they did they did a pretty good job matching the tone, the quality. Colorists back then had a much more difficult time. I mean, dealing with things both deluxe and uh, and Technicolor had. Uh, a huge staff of colorists that would make sure that everything matched on the final conformed print. So this is a another another thing we can look at back in the day of how you know, what what you do now with a button in um, you know Adobe uh, Premiere Pro or one of those things you could click on a button and say match color. And what they had used to have to do back then is they'd have to match the emulsion times and the temperature that they were developing. And oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah, it's just, um, I'm, but that was, you know, I mean, that's why Technicolor and Deluxe were, and, you know, and Kodak were such huge, uh, they had such a huge presence in Hollywood because they needed people to do that. And, you know, nowadays, like you were saying uh, last episode, with all you need is a red camera and mm-hmm. be able yeah, to click. Yeah, you can cut it on your laptop. Yeah, yeah, this this whole thing could be done in a weekend with a, a bunch of guys and, and a couple of red cameras out there and... The biggest the biggest problem is making sure that you have enough disk space. That's about it. Mm. Um, but great, uh, the cutting in here is so tight. I, I count at least 30, uh, 30 cuts in this one scene. So there's stuff going on in you know there's all these smash cuts and smash. Uh, you're watching the camera moving around and uh, very very active camera. After we've been in kind of really slow Robert Wise like 
uh, direction. But now it's like the editor took over and said, no, you've got to pick up the action a bit. Yeah. <laughs> pick up the pace here, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I love the old cars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing with, with these movies from the even the 70s. There were a lot of 1950 cars still around. Yeah, that beautiful Bel Air in the background there, yeah. the 1957 Chevy classic pink or salmon color. I want that pickup truck all the way in the back there. Yeah, yeah, with the with the tire on the side, the old Bronco. I think it's still there. Could be. We could go. We should go down and check down. <laughs> take take a road trip. Um, How far is but, that town from? Well, is that in Texas or New Mexico? Yeah, it, in New no, Mexico. it's it's in Texas. It's, it's it's playing it's playing New Mexico, but she, she after ta- Texas, it's right down there, almost to the Mexican border. Um, but, Next time yeah, I come to to your undisclosed location in uh, we Texas, will, we'll go down. We will there. go. We will go track it down. It's only about a, a two day trip. Oh, it is. <laughs> wow. yeah, Texas to... is a huge state. I forget that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the, one of my favorite uh, things when you're trying to explain how big Texas is, the sun sets 27 minutes later in El Paso than it does in Texarkana. Wow. That's one. the The other thing is that um, we're closer to the capital of Nicaragua than we are to Washington D.C. And Dal- Dallas is closer to Chicago than it is to El Paso. That's an, wow. that's one that like, huh? So yeah, Texas is pretty darn big. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel I the best one of the best actors in this is that the guy that's playing the old man. Um, he really I really do believe he's an old sterno drinking uh, uh, crazy maniac. Uh, but he survived I how, somehow. And how many takes he had to do with that? You know, just. Practice, yeah, just you know. thinking. Well, no, he came out. He was all dirty. It wasn't like they had to give him yeah. a fresh uh, robe at each one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it must, yeah, but it must have been just pretty, pretty nasty. Where he had it, you know. Okay, could you die again there, Bob? Could you just lay down on the ground? <laughs> just or um, George, George, Robert's the character, but George, yeah, George Mitchell. Um, yeah, and uh, again, the costume design is great. If you want, you know, you can you contrast his. Uh, the spacesuit with the uh, with the guy that's doing um you know is walking around in a bed sheet it's <laughs> impressive uh, um and then the sound the overlay you know they weren't they weren't running a helicopter just to get the scene so they had to you know drop in all this helicopter noise and then uh, then do all the ADR right. on a on a regular loop you know they had a guy they had to line up the dailies and then just run a tape and tell them to roll it and you know they had to they had to um, use the clapper and uh, slate it and then get him to, to say the words at the right time and match what's on there. Uh, wow. I, you know, people, it, it, you look at the past and you say, wow, this, they really knew how to make movies back then. But it, the other side of it is, thank God you don't have to make movies like that anymore. Yeah, I mean, physically cutting film. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, you know. used to do it. You know, in college, I was doing that. and. Everything we learned is like, yeah, that's out the window. Um, yeah, true. But the basics are all still there. And you know, the, the thing about Robert Wise, his the pacing on this, it's it it's pretty fast paced for a 1970s movie. But it, this would be this is glacial in nowadays. I mean, there'd be there'd be cuts, there'd be sound effects, there'd be uh, uh, the music. Well, the the music would, would come up. Be moving. Yeah, yeah. The the, the camera would be sliding left and right. And there'd be music all over this. There's no music in this. The only the only uh, sounds that we're getting is the helicopter, and and the voices. Um, and why isn't 
I, I guess well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Stone is up there tying the baby down or something, so he's not noticing. But you think Dempsey would be having a, the pilot would be having a look down and saying, what's, what's going on down there? Or, well, they were very careful not to show. You know, if you look at that shot, the overhead shot of the, of yeah. the helicopter, you didn't really see the pilot or anything. Yeah, and and that pilot, the uh, the guy that's the uh, that's the pilot. He uh, we've talked about this on a previous episode, but uh, James Gavin was he was like the number one helicopter pilot actor in L.A. His his credits are are at the yin yang. He's he's got like sixty credits, and all he does is you know he's the evil helicopter pilot in every TV movie or every every movie during the sixties and seventies. He's he was the president of the. Um, uh, Hollywood Stunt Pilots Association. So, and you know, for years, he was the guy that you went to if you if you wanted to have an evil helicopter pilot, he was your guy. And he had, a, you know, he had a SAG card so he could work and fly a helicopter at the same time. Nice. It's probably he probably aced every audition. Uh, helicopters um, are very oh, you would know. Uh they're they're not easy to fly. No, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't want to stay in the air. It just wants to fall on the ground. It, it, the good thing is that it, it It'll fall slowly because it, you know, it falls like a maple leaf, but it's still you're gonna you're gonna hit hard. Well, and that gravity, uh, you, there's <laughs> there's no yeah. getting away from it. It's a it's a harsh myth, but yeah. Just you know, the 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 other thing about the script though uh, is uh, I don't think you'd ever say the line "Give me that knife." <laughs> it's like right. I'll use my dad voice. Give me that knife. Give me that um, knife. Yeah, <laughs> like the other guy would go. You're right. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were the knife collector. Hurry, sorry. Uh, gosh. Wow. Well, it's uh, not much going on in, in this particular minute except for the, the introduction of uh, Mr. Jackson. But he does he does have a great reveal. I'll say that. It's yeah. like, oh, hi, man. And with again, the there's a fine work of Robert Soto. You can't yeah. Put that down. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's no. He never. He never misses a cue. Yeah. Wow. But what a. What a miserable town. Well, we're only going to have, have another minute of this town. So, uh, oh, we will, we will visit it much later in the movie, but this will be a, a last of Act One uh, is coming up in the next minute. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more on Friday. Um, well, hey, what's your experience on, on seeing Andromeda Strain? Do you remember seeing it as a kid in the movie theater? I think I saw it on TV. That's my recollection. I know I saw it, but I think it was on TV. Yeah. No, but uh, I remember the book. Yeah. Yeah, the book was great. Because it had, uh, well, we'll get into it, but it had the key on the cover. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more on, on Friday. Um, but I you know, I saw this in New Jersey when I was a kid, and every couple of years it, will, it would turn up at a theater and I'd go see it. It, was, it wasn't on television that much. Uh, but then toward the 80s it started picking up, and I think HBO got it or Cinemax, one of those, and then it was on every 10 minutes. Um, but uh, beautiful... I don't know why Universal used to pair it. They would take when they release it, they'd have the Andromeda Strain and that Bruce Dern movie, uh, Silent Running. Mm. They put two sci-fi movies back to back. God, uh, remember double features? Yeah, those have gone the way of the Edsel, right? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be in a couple of years. We'll be going. Remember movie theaters? But, yeah, it's, oh my God, uh, it's yeah. a different world. Different world we're living in. Yeah, um, wear a mask, wear gloves. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, uh, for folks who want to talk more about the old, the, the good old days or, or walking around with a meat Or discuss cleaver. the cinema of Robert Soto. <laughs> yes, Robert Soto. <laughs> a legend before his time. Yeah. Uh, wow. How did he sign those paychecks? Um, I, I wonder if he's getting residuals right now. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
Wow. Yeah, 45 years of residuals. Wow. Oh, my God. That would be great. Mm, dang. It was coming up, it's coming up on the 50th anniversary of this movie. So. Have to find uh, Bob, Bob Soto. Bob Soto, celebrate. See what he's. What did you do with all the residuals, Bob? Uh, he's probably buying it. it, it probably ask them if they could just leave it somewhere so he could get the extra fifty cents for the stamp. Uh, wow. Well, uh, if you want to talk about the old days, uh, we are, have lots of uh, venues for you to do so. Go to Twitter. You can find us on Andromeda Minute or go to uh, the Project Wildfire on Facebook. Love hearing from you. Love hearing people's memories about this show and, or going to the movies and, and being back in the 70s like old, old coots like us. <laughs> um, but we will continue the story and we'll find out what happens to Mr. Jackson on Friday. In the meantime, please, as Mark said, uh, keep your distance, wear masks, and uh, we'll get together. Uh, we'll get we'll get through this okay so anyway we'll see you here Friday so join us next time on the Andromeda Minute very flattering we don't know much more than when we got here